Hi, and welcome to Inglewood Presbyterian Church in Kirkland, Washington. We are a church for the neighborhood, whether you're a local neighbor or from far away, all are welcome here. We are pleased to present to you our weekly Sunday sermons. Our head pastor is James Cuman, and you can find more information about us on our website at inglewoodpc.org. The scripture for today comes from John 15, verses 12 through 15. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because the master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the father told me. The second part of the scripture is Galatians 6, verses 22 through 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Morning. I am Pastor James, the other Pastor James, James Carney. Uh, it's good to be with you all virtually. Your pastor, James, contacted me a few weeks ago and asked if I could assist in a series he's doing on the Holy Spirit. I work with PRMI, Presbyterian Reform Ministries International, and this is a spirit-filled Presbyterian ministry that works to empower believers by the Holy Spirit to advance the kingdom of God. So apparently I'm the Holy Spirit guy in this presbytery, but we're also friends, and I've also been with you before, so it's good to be with you again. Uh, both this Sunday and next. So today we're going to talk about how does the Holy Spirit help us grow, grow as believers. Specifically, how does the Holy Spirit help us grow into the image of Jesus? Now we just heard this text where Jesus has this very famous parable where he talks about him being the vine and us the branchers and God the Father as the gardeners. A great image. Um, and even though I don't think there's many uh, owners of vineyards there or vine dressers. There's probably a lot of gardeners and so this makes a lot of sense uh, to you guys, but it's it's easily understood. Um, but before I get into this, I want to just talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit in general. Uh, first, according to Scripture, the Holy Spirit is a he and not a what. Um, the Holy Spirit describes the Holy Spirit as wind or tongues of fire or a dove. And we can experience the Holy Spirit in ways like energy or power, but all of this is because the Holy Spirit is God active in our midst, and therefore we have these experiences. Um, however, uh, it's really important that we think of the Holy Spirit as a, as a who, um, not a what. Because if we think of the Holy Spirit as a what uh, and not a who, we'll think of him as a mere influence or power, then our thought will be, how can I get more of the Holy Spirit? How can I get more of him in me? 
But if we think of them, think of him as a who in the biblical way, as a person of divine majesty and glory, our thought will be, how can I get the Holy? How can the Holy Spirit get more of me? And this is how Scripture describes the Holy Spirit as a counselor, a teacher, a judge, a leader, someone who speaks to us, someone that has feelings and emotions. It's the third person of the Trinity. Um, to think of the Trinity, it's sort of a mystery, but think of God as within God's self as being a community, uh, that God is not a singularity, God is not alone, God's never alone. Uh, there's the three persons that are in constant dialogue, that are in constant communication with each other. And if God is love, this is essential because for there to be love, there needs to be a beloved. And we have in the actual person of God, we have the Father loving the Son and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit loving the Father and Jesus, and then Jesus loving the Father and the Holy Spirit. So they're all pouring themselves out into each other and then being poured into. So this is constant community of the beloved. And the Holy Spirit for us is our invitation into this. And this is what our parable is talking a little bit about today. Um, so let's let's take a look at that. Um, the Holy Spirit uh, begins uh, his work in us, convicting us of, of our sin, and then convincing us of the truth of the gospel. And this is where we enter into the kingdom. This is called justification. But once we're in the kingdom, then the Holy Spirit continues to work in us to transform us into the image of Jesus. So we become more and more and more like Jesus. And this is called sanctification, to sanctify, to make holy. This is where we get the word saint from. And this is what Jesus is talking about. Now the, the context of this is it's the Last Supper. And Jesus is talking to his closest disciples and he's trying to cram a lot in right here at the end. Um, so let's take a look. But Before we do, let me just say a prayer for us. Father, thank you so much for this day and for gathering with your people virtually and for hearing these words that Jesus spoke so many years ago. Uh, please speak them anew, Holy Spirit, so that we will understand how they apply to us in this day. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so Jesus begins with, I am the vine and my father is the gardener. So he's using this uh, very familiar pair, uh, image for them of tending uh, vines. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Okay, so this first thing is, is that if a branch is not producing grapes, the Holy Spirit removes it. Um, this is obvious in the world of grape vines because the only reason that people grow vines, grape vines, is to get grapes. So if there is part of the grapevine that is not producing grapes, then it's not fulfilling its purpose for the vine dresser, so he cuts it off. The Holy Spirit does the same thing with us. Uh, and this can be really painful, but it is really important as well because we can get distracted easily. We can go off on good ideas that we think we ought to do, but really God's not interested. And so the very first thing that he does if we cooperate with him is that he removes from us those areas in our lives that are beside the point. Um, I remember way back, right after college, I was going to go to New York City. I was going to be an actor. I was very excited about it. I even had a job there at the Vivian Beaumont Theater. I had friends that were going to receive me there. Um, and so I went home to say goodbye. And I was there uh, at home and 
um, gathering up my things, getting ready to move to New York. But I had recently dedicated my life to Jesus. And so I decided I should pray about this. So I had a day of prayer and fasting. And so I uh, was in a room alone with myself in the Bible and uh, asked the question. I said, God, what should I do? I want to go to New York. I have this fellow that wants to give me some support. Uh, I want to be an actor in New York. What do you think? Well, the Holy Spirit began to move in me. I wouldn't have given it these words, but he did because suddenly I sensed that there was a scripture that I was supposed to look at. So I opened up the Bible and I put my finger down. It's called Bible Roulette. You just close your eyes and put your finger down. And it was Isaiah 30. And it said, I'll never forget, Woe to the rebellious children, declares the Lord, who make plans without consulting me. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> who set out to go down to Egypt to seek Pharaoh's help, to make a league with a people that are not of my spirit. Uh-oh. For they shall not receive help nor profit, but only shame, disgrace, and humiliation. I was like, okay, that's a big no. So what do I do? And then the Holy Spirit again moved in me and I looked down at the Bible and I saw this passage just kind of jump off the page. It was Isaiah 30, I think 19. And it said, you shall hear a word behind you saying this is a way of walking it. So what it was, it was a big snip, don't go to New York. Then it was a big call, I want you to come follow me. Okay. So and in retrospect, I realized that if I had gone to New York, it would not have borne fruit for the kingdom. It would have been disastrous. So the Holy Spirit prunes, uh, the, uh, prunes us of these branches that do not bear fruit. But he goes on, he says, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so it will become even more fruitful. Apparently grapevines like to grow lots of branches and leaves. Uh, but the gardener prunes the productive branches because he wants it to produce grapes, not a lot of vines, not a lot of, vines, not a lot of, not of leaves. Uh, and so this is particularly difficult for us as disciples because when we get engaged with what we think is fruitful ministry or we're engaged in something that we think is really good for the kingdom, uh, we think, wow, this is, this is great. And then all of a sudden things will come in to actually f stop us from doing that. And we'll think, this makes no sense. I thought I was doing stuff for you. I thought I was producing fruit for the kingdom. Uh, my first call to ordain ministry was to a Presbyterian church in Knoxville, Tennessee. I was an associate pastor, all full of energy, was young, was really ready to go. And my senior pastor, who was very experienced, he began taking me into his office. Every time I'd have a new idea, he'd go, no, we're not going to do that. And then he explained why. And, go, oh, no, no. and that would hurt my feelings, but then I wouldn't do it. And then I'd have another idea, and he'd say, no, we're not going to do that either. And for three years, it was like, no, 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 good idea, no. Yeah, that's good, but not now. No, no, no. It was terrible. I hated it. I was like, what am I doing here? Um, but after I got over myself and my hurt feelings and my frustrations and my anger at him, and I decided, well, maybe I should listen to him, I realized that he actually had a, he was trying to help me and that the things that I had that I wanted to do would have not produced effective fruit for the kingdom. There were a lot of things, there were a lot of ways in which they were not going to be sustainable or they're going to be all about me, um, that they weren't productive. And as I listened to him, I realized he had a lot of sound counsel on how to do ministry. And as I learned from him and he, he mentored me, I started in doing ways of ministry that were very different, but they were much more fruitful. So there was pruning that was very painful, 
But when I accepted it, I found out that actually it was producing better fruit. So, Jesus goes on. You're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Now, the Greek here for prune is the same word for, is the same word for clean. Because to prune the vine is to clean it. Um, that's why Jesus follows his statements with, you're clean already because of the word I've spoken to you. He says that his words are like pruning shears that trims off whatever is unfruitful. Now, the Holy Spirit here takes what Jesus speaks and he applies it to our lives in the specifics in order to clean and sanctify our lives. Now, this is a call to be a part of God's word regularly and not as a dead word, not as a list of requirements for us to follow, but no, as we read God's word, uh, expect the Holy Spirit to, that first flowed through the writers that wrote the word, to flow through us as the readers to apply God's word uh, as an expert gardener would apply pruning shears uh, to a valuable, fruitful vine, grapevine. Okay, so pruning cleans us and reading the word does the same thing. As we allow the Holy Spirit to apply it to the particulars of our lives to give us direction, so it can act, again, like little pruning shears. Uh, remain in the vine, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So, so far we've been talking about stop, don't, cut off that. That's not fruitful. Up, this is fruitful, but we're not going to do that yet. Finally, we get to the point of allowing the sap to come into the branch and produce good fruit. Okay, to remain in Jesus. Um, Jesus is here giving a glimpse into the mystery of the heart of our faith, that when we say yes to Jesus, when we are baptized, we're ingrafted into Christ. We're connected to Jesus' body just as a branch is ingrafted into a vine. And then like the ingrafted branch requires the life-giving sap from the vine to, produce, to be alive or to produce grapes, we, requ we require the life-giving presence of God in order to flow through us. And again, this is the Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit. Jesus is up at the, uh, in the throne room of heaven. He's sitting next to God up in heaven. But, but it is the Holy Spirit who is in us, who is bringing the life of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, of the Trinity, the life of God, the life of Jesus, to flow in us and through us. Um, and this is what requires us to stay alive. This is what re is required for us to produce fruit. Just as no branch can bear fruit by itself, neither can we uh, bear fruit unless we remain in Jesus and let the Holy Spirit flow through us. So, how do we do that? Well, good news is you're already halfway there because you are here virtually. You are gathering with the believers. You are gathering with the body of Christ. And so to be regularly fellowshipping with the body of Christ is a way of remaining in Jesus is being attached to the vine. Because you see that? You're part of the body of Christ, and you need to meet with the body of Christ on a regular basis, Sunday mornings, small groups, prayer groups, in different ways, um, to remain connected to the body. So that's the first way to remain in Jesus, is to gather with the other saints. I've seen this again and again, that people will say they're believers, but they're not in fellowship. And what happens is that they're, they're, the fruitfulness wanes in their life. Uh, they just they just go dead. So to remain in Jesus, first to show up to church. And then the second is uh, during the week at all times that 
to remain in Jesus is to say yes to the Holy Spirit, to say yes to the sap that's coming into us from the vine. Um, that as the Holy Spirit moves in us, speaks to us, prompts us, guides us, convicts us, we have a choice. Are we going to listen or not? Are we going to obey or not? The Holy Spirit will not force us. We have a choice in every moment of the day of whether to say yes to God or not. And this means, one, being open to the presence of the Holy Spirit to speak to us and to move in us and through us. And the other is that when we do sense this prompting is to move into whatever it is that we feel the Holy Spirit is prompting us to do. Okay? So that's the second way of remaining in Jesus is to say yes to the Holy Spirit, be open to the Holy Spirit and to the presence of God and to say yes, to cooperate with the Holy Spirit as we sense the Holy Spirit moving in us. Um, Jesus goes on, I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. The consequences for and against couldn't be more dramatic. Remain in me, bear fruit, life abundant. Don't wither away until judgment, or you'll be burned with fire. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. What an amazing promise. Can you imagine that? Answered prayer. Because as we remain in Jesus, as the Holy Spirit is prompting us and guiding us, then God, we were going to be more in line with God's will. And so his prayers, our prayers will be answered because we'll be praying good prayers. We'll be praying the th sort of things that the Father wants to see happen in us and through us. Uh, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. Uh, because God wants this. That's the whole point. He wants us to flourish. He wants us to bear good fruit. So you might say, well, what is this fruit? Well, in a personal sense, uh, it is our scripture in Galatians. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the wonderful uh, realities that are the point to all of this gardening. And it's encouraging to know that saying yes each day, each hour, each moment to the prompts of the Holy Spirit will allow him, his life, to fill us and grow in us this wonderful fruit. And not just in us but through us to uh, share the good news with other people and encourage other saints so that the fruit can grow in their lives as well. It's not just about our fruit. It's about the fruit that is also going to be produced through us as the Holy Spirit flows through us in sharing the good word or sharing prompts or uh, uh, when we're talking with other believers where the fruit will be developed in their life as well. Um, Another illustration. When I was at this church in Knoxville, part of my duties was taking care of the older members, the oldest members, the shut-ins. And so every week I would go to various hospitals and nursing homes to, and then homes where people were shut in. And I'd visit with these uh, senior believers, 80s, 90s, yep, even uh, up into their hundreds. And as I would, and as I'd spend time with these, these saints who'd been walking with God or have been Christians for years and years, I really got to experience the fruit of their lives, the fruit of love and joy and peace and gentleness and kindness. It would be very dramatic because you see all of their life choices through the years really developed fruit, and I would see the spiritual fruit. But I would also, for a few, I would see fruit that was very bitter. People who had made choices that were not 
with the Holy Spirit, who had said no to the Holy Spirit. And therefore, they had the fruit of the flesh in their lives, where there was bitterness, and there was anger, and there was unforgiveness, um, and there was a lack of joy, and, and there was, um, it, was, it was hard to be with them. It was very clear who had been saying yes to the Holy Spirit and who had not, because as they had gotten older and older, the fruit became more and more ripe. Fruit of the Spirit, or fruit of the, of the flesh. So, what fruit do you want to bear in your life? Uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? Then I urge you today to say yes to the Holy Spirit. Set a time set aside a time to abide in Christ. During this time of the COVID shutdown, for many of us, there's a more opportunity to just be still and abide in Christ. That's certainly been true in my life. Um, for those of you with kids at home, it's going to be more of a challenge. But even so, there's not the constant running around. There's not the constant carpooling or going to, to lessons here, going here and there. Uh, we're spending more time at home. So there is opportunity in the season to abide more in Christ. And that simply means just chilling out. Sometimes just being quiet and still. That's, that's a challenge, isn't it? <laughs> um, and uh, also it, to, to continue to, to meet virtually like this. Uh, you can also have Zoom meetings. I have my men's group uh, every week with Zoom meetings. And I meet with other Christians through Zoom or Google Meet or uh, FaceTime. There's a lot of ways in which we can remain in Jesus by fellowshipping with other believers. But let's... Right here at the end, let's spend a moment and just abide in Christ, okay? What I want you to do right now, we're just going to be quiet. We're going to quiet our heart, open up the eyes of our heart, open up the ears of our heart to the nudges and promptings of God. And let's do that now. Even if you're young and you're going, oh my, I've got to be quiet, just, just God can speak to you. you. Imagine that. Close your eyes and just listen to what's going on inside of your head, inside of your heart. Okay, let's do that now. Close your eyes. Quiet your body. Breathe. Just open your ears and ask God, what have you been wanting to say to me? That's it. You just say it quietly to yourself. God, what have you been trying to say to me? And then listen. Hear what comes to your head. Hear what pops into your head. I'll just take a minute or two. God, what have you been trying to say to me? Feel free to ask follow-up questions like anything else? Or can you give me some particulars? Some action items? What have you been trying to say to me, God? So write down what you heard. It might be words, could be an impression, could be a song, could be a feeling, could be a prompting. If you heard nothing, wonder about that. Say, God, I'm not hearing anything. Is there something blocking me from hearing you? Is there something that 
that is getting in the way for me abiding in you. If your mind gets all full of thoughts and it's all kind of crazy town up in there, just say, Lord, why am I feeling so crazy? What's going on? If you have a journal, it's important to write this down. Sometimes when I journal, I get a lot of flotsam and jetsam out there and I write it all down and it takes a while to get quiet. So it's a discipline and it takes a little work sometimes. But it's worth it. Because imagine aligning yourself up with the Lord of heaven and earth, the one who created you, the one that knows what to do with you and through you, the one who loves you best, the one who knows you best. Imagine that, that remaining that grounds you in the author of life. That's the invitation in this passage. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what's going on inside. He can work with you. Just give it to him. Give your time to him and see what happens. And as you write things down, you might just write down what's going on. Just tell your inner editor to just go out for coffee. Just take a break. Write down. And then later you can reflect on it and go, is this really God talking to me? And you can even talk to a friend and just say, hey, I just heard this and such. What do you think's going on? You'd be surprised. God wants to talk to us. He's our Heavenly Father. Imagine if your kids never talked to you. You'd be frustrated. You'd like, how come you don't call? You know? You don't think I'm interested? Of course he is. Of course you are. Let's end our time with prayer. So, Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for being alive and active in our world. For not just creating our world, but also in creating us, but also working with us and through us to bring about this good fruit. Oh, Lord, we need it in our country. Holy God, we need more love and fruit and patience and joy and peace. Work in us as your people so that you can grow that in us in this time when we need it so desperately. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Take care. God bless you.